<laughs> Hello, everyone. Hey. Stop laughing. We're Listen, so happy to be on today, we are. clearly. I'm laughing because I was simply trying to count us into the start of the podcast. Uh, you know what? <laughs> you laughed at the genuine ability. No, what's the word I'm looking for? Not ability. I was genuinely trying to keep us organized, and I felt like it was rude. I'm just gonna. Okay, but it. here's the thing: they usually do that like on TV. You know what it reminded me of is that movie Soap Dish. Do you remember that movie? <gasps> I love that movie with yeah, that woman really who's like seems sort of like a drag queen, but she's not. But I think when I was little, I thought she was one. That's you know rude. Don't say her name because. <laughs> You basically just said that lady looks like a man. I thought that was... <laughs> no. I thought that was the whole point, like, why it was supposed to be funny. Because, you know, like, they were soap opera actors. Yeah. I don't really remember, like, the details of it. I don't even remember who was in it. I'm is actually going to Google it. I think she is. I don't actually think I liked the movie. I think that you liked the movie, but we oh, always did, had to yes. come to a consensus on... Yeah. Stuff so that's like sometimes you watched the pest and sometimes oh I watched soap dish. You or know what I mean? Blank man. Listen, oh, okay. First of all, what you're not gonna do is come for blank man because he paved the way for T'Challa. Okay. First of all, you will not disrespect Black Panther by associating. I'm not disrespecting. That's uh one Rude. of T'Challa's ancestors. Wait a second. Is blank man? Okay. Well, Blank man supposed to never mind because I'm about to say something else that's rude and maybe that wasn't the whole point of the story. Like, wasn't he supposed to be like, like special? Like, I mean, he was like nerdy. Oh, that's all. Yeah, I don't think that he was like disabled or anything. <laughs> I think that I he was think just I a nerd. He was supposed to be disabled. No, he wasn't. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> disabled. Like, he was actually weird. really smart. Remember when he, uh, in the beginning, he made this thing that like <laughs> cooks the toast and then the heat from the toast cooks the eggs and then it like flips a pancake or something. You don't remember that? I do not. No. He was really smart. That's how he came up with the chemicals to make that little bodysuit that he had on. Bulletproof. Girl, I don't remember any of this. It was bulletproof? I don't remember any of this. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, my. You better get your life with the black superheroes, Meteor Man 2. Well, we going to pay good homage. That great of a movie, but I love Robert Townsend because of the five heartbeats, so he can do no wrong. That was anyway, welcome to Hughes Talk. Oh, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> We've been gone for a little while. We had to, uh, um, you know, upgrade the Hughes Company, upgrade our lives and whatnot, but we're back. Um, it's summertime, and we're both Ooh. college professors, so we're free. And by free, Freedom. I mean we can work from home. Yes. <laughs> um, Which you not, would be surprised how amazing that is. Really, really is. Once you get used to working in your pajamas in your mm. own house, The idea of like going to somebody else's building where there are people that you don't really know or may not like. Yes. And you have to do work in their vicinity. That just sounds like. (laughs) Just in their general vicinity. Right. It's terrible. 
It really it's is. not that bad, but it's a lot better being on your couch. It is. And people I, don't realize that you need like a mental break. I mean, this is your yes. first year, right? You need yeah. a men- you see now why we couldn't we couldn't even go into June really because like mm-hmm. people be dead. I think dead. I mean, from like mental exhaustion. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Yes. And it's just freeing. Like I got so much work done yesterday, all while finishing, well, starting and finishing the first two seasons of American (laughs) Horror Story. Yes, American Horror Story. I know. I had never, I didn't start watching until Coven. Okay. So, and people are always like. the best season in my estimation. I am starting to think that because I did not care for the, I mean, I didn't care for Murder House. Oh, that one's my second favorite. Really? It gets I liked weird a at the end. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't understand. Okay, so the ghosts can only show themselves when they want them to see you. That's what they say at the end. But then, like, how come the one lady could be old to some people and young, the maid and young oh, yeah. to certain people? Or how come, like... I don't know. I don't know. It was giving me like six sense vibes, but in a mm-hmm. weird way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I didn't really like season two. I thought season really? two was too weird to me. Like the monsters and stuff is too weird. I thought that at first because you know I don't like no sci-fi. So <laughs> well, you're not gonna like these seasons of this show. It's sci-fi. Well, and that's what I was at first. I was like, okay, is this gonna be aliens? Because I don't play and it kind of was but they didn't right. talk about it that much right but then when i realized that the monsters weren't monsters they were people that he was just injecting with all kinds of crazy on. stuff yeah. that that made me feel better because i like horror that is like yeah realistic yeah you know I like the way season two in wait is season two the one that ends with the television show did you watch it all the television show no, uh, I don't think so. Okay, never mind. Then I will that might be um, Freak Show. No, no, I didn't finish that one. No. Oh, you should. It no, actually. I don't like okay. that thing. <laughs> no, that thing? clown. When he killed, who was that? Patty LaBelle that he killed? Oh, yeah, he did like, kill Miss Patty. I'm so <laughs> not watching this anymore. But no, the clown didn't. The clown is dead. The clown dies, like, in the third episode. Oh. The, um,. The son, the like rich son, killed Patty Labelle. Oh. He just started wearing the clown's outfit. Oh, oh, yeah. But that one is really good. And so now, because I stopped watching Hotel, like oh, I I just finished Hotel in the spring. It's good. Actually. Don't tell me. Don't tell oh, me. Okay. Don't tell me. But I stopped watching it because I don't like vampires either. Right. So I don't like sci-fi or vampires. Right. That's why I was like, I don't know why you're watching this. Because, let me tell you something. Because (laughs) Ryan Murphy, okay, he be trying to get people with the okie doke. Because I read an article before Hotel came out because it was all this big to do because Lady Gaga was going to be in it. Right. And she everything. She does. She was slaying the fashions and everything. Yes. But Ryan Murphy, so somebody asked him, is this season about vampires? And Mm -hmm. he's going to say, no. And then in later articles, he says, well, they're not vampires. They're just people that have a disease and they need blood to, like, keep the disease at bay. Sir, 
sir. That's a vampire. That would be a vampire. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, that's literally what vampirism <laughs> the definition is. A vampire. And he knows that. He's definitely read Anne Rice where, I mean, I don't think that that's where the theory of vampirism comes from, but that's like the sort of modern Is that a word? Vampirism? Yeah. That Everybody sounds so fancy. Vampirism? vampirism? They talk a lot about that on... Um, Vampire Diaries, which nope. I think that she would like because it's Just vampires, but it's also like <laughs> teen drama. I don't like teen drama either. Um, I really don't. I'm learning this. I like things that are realistic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's why I like so many reality shows because they're realistic. And when they mm-hmm. stop being realistic, uh, Mona Scott, I'm looking at you. <laughs> then right. I stop watching them because I'm like this seems too like fake for me see I'm like the opposite I like to escape into television shows like when they seem too real like I'm watching 13 reasons why right now season two no and I can't even like and even um I'm the same way with A Handmaid's Tale like I can only watch one episode like every three days because it's (laughs) a little too real um which is like somewhat traumatizing for me like I'm like this is how we're gonna end up Baby mm. mules for the rich white men. We're talking mm. about Handmaid's Tale, or not me. What's the other show I was just saying that was too real? Vampire Diary. No. No. Uh, anyway, other shows I that are too that. real is too real. Um, but they, like when there's witches or vampires or dragons <laughs> or no, anything like that, that I'm into it because <laughs> I'm like, look at this is a totally different world. Like this, I don't have to be stressed about what's happening here at all because it's not happening at all near me, nor would it ever. Anyway, I get that. That makes sense. Ryan Murphy is great. Um, he is. They get. We- Did you watch the one about the um, the the Mayflower people? Um, yes, but that was not it at all. And this is actually why I wanted to go back and watch Hotel, because I remember mm-hmm. people saying that they there's always, like, a little piece of another season sprinkled uh-huh. in there. Because in, uh, I think it's in Asylum, they talk about Roanoke and the Croatoa and all of those people that they were do? in. Yeah, they give like the whole backstory. It's at the beginning when that little boy is um, like possessed. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. After the devil possesses the nun. Okay. And they're trying to figure out how to get it out of her. Mm -hmm. um, They tell that whole story. Oh. And so I was like, wow, that's crazy. So now I want to go back and rewatch. I'm going to rewatch all of them so I can catch all of those little things that go back to the other one. So I want to rewatch Coven. I haven't seen that one in a while and I really enjoyed it. I remember really enjoying it. I think it's my favorite season. I also just love Ryan Murphy. I, I just don't he's like What else did he do? Glee and oh, um yeah. Nip Tuck. Have you ever watched Nip Tuck? I that haven't. show is good. You like reality stuff? You yeah. will like that. Especially because it's about plastic surgery and you're interested in that topic. Justin, first of all, you just put all my business out on the street, but... I just said you're interested in the topic. I didn't say that you, like, like I don't, I didn't say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I mean, I, I am in the plastic surgery. We can talk about that a little bit. Okay. We can talk about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm going to look up Nip Tuck. Is it on Netflix or Hulu or... Um, it's on something. It used to be on FX. So that's not helpful to me. Oh. 
I'll look it up. But um, yeah, and Glee, well, Glee I loved, but then it fell off. I don't know, I feel like Glee had a little bit of a curse on it. I don't know. Right. I don't think that was Ryan Murphy's fault, though. I think all those no. kids wanted to be stars and they started acting crazy and doing crazy stuff. All of them. Mm, all of I them. Know. Like all of them. <laughs> What's her name? Changed her whole face. What is oh, her name? Naya Rivera. Yeah. No. Is yeah. her face is different too? And she what married that mean? guy after Big Sean dumped her. Mm, mm, and mm, um, what's his name? Didn't he, like, kill himself? Wasn't he about to go to jail for child yeah, pornography? Yeah, the football player. He right. was about to go to jail for child pornography, and he hung himself. And the, the other family. one had the drug overdose. Yeah. Leigh Michelle just out here. Everybody hates her, which I feel really? like was at the center. Yeah, that was at the whole center of the problem with the show. Everybody hated her except for the guy she was dating. She was mean? Yeah, that's why Naya Rivera left. Oh, I didn't... Because I really... Okay, I have a short attention span with shows. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen Empire in, like, two years. Ooh, Empire was good this season. It was. Oh, I have a lot of catching up to do. But I get, like, disinterested very quickly. So I watched Glee maybe three seasons, and then I was done with it. So I think even Naya, she was on the, like the later end right she wasn't on it from the beginning yeah no she was on it from the beginning she just wasn't sure? a main character yeah she was one of the top cheerleaders but they oh. in the first season they're not a part of the glee club remember they come in at sort of at the end oh no they're there throwing shit on them and stuff but they're not like singing with them oh. and then in the second season it gets discovered that especially her that she can sing mm and that she want, you know, she wants the the lead parts too. So then her and Amber and Leah Riley are going at it. Leah Riley, Amber Riley. Amber Riley. Didn't what did I say? Oh, a whole bunch of mess. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. Now that um, we've sufficiently discussed television, right? And shouted out Ryan Murphy a thousand times. Hey, Let's Ryan. get into our discussion for the day. Yeah. Um, so, what are we discussing? I think we're discussing, like, entrepreneurship and, like, its growth and all of that stuff. Oh, I, I'm going to yes. start with a story, actually, okay. for everybody, just to, like, um, just, to, just to get it started. <laughs> so, um, we had some interns last year, and um, some of them were women that I knew as students. Um, when they were students of mine and, you know, have them working with me. And, you know, one of the things that we've always said about this business, um, the Hughes Company, is that we want to bring with us as many people of color as we can. Um, You know, as we grow the business, as we expand our market share, that's what we want to do. And so that's what we try to do. And we don't always realize maybe to our detriment maybe to other people's that not everybody has the same like you know approach to business um and that made it really difficult to work with these women who i you know really thought were you know smart capable women but then you know when we were working together that relationship seemed not to work out but then um one of the women i Uh, ran into at um, an event recently 
And she was talking to me about how, you know, she's really stuck with the work that she had been doing um, when she was working with us and that, you know, she's interested in potentially working with us again and that she's sort of ready now where she hadn't been before for the kind of um, work that we're, you know, help that we're looking for. And I thought it was just a really great place to start because I think that um, entrepreneurship is hard and it requires a particular type of personality. And sometimes it's something that you have to learn over time. And especially in our community, there's not a lot of potential for that, right? right? And that makes it hard to know sort of what our place is as people who own small businesses and who want to help, you know, everybody that we see come up. Right. And, you know, making sure that we're running a business that functions and that is, um, you know, going to be profitable going forward, I guess. And I think, you know, Jasmine and I always sort of talk about like just our personality type. um, And we get a lot of our personality type from our mom, who we spent most of the time with growing Mm up. Um, to just be that like business-minded person, professional person, um, very like I think that we are fun people. <laughs> I don't want to mm-hmm. sound like we're like fun suckers, but I'm also <laughs> a person sucker. that is very cognizant of when it's time to work, and you know, working really hard at the things that I'm doing before I you know have fun, and now it's time to laugh and joke, but. One of the things I think I've noticed and what we want to find uh, a good solution to to be able to help um, new entrepreneurs is sort of that um, just that like push to know that like having a business is not like having a nine to five job. It's all the time and you have Mm -hmm. to be like pushing for your cause or for your business all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that the what's getting sort of cloudy is that there has been this awesome boom um, with people of color starting businesses. And I love that. I love to go down, you know, my newsfeed on Facebook and see probably 75% of my Facebook friends starting or inquiring about or continuing to build a small business. But because it's, uh, it's kind of trendy right now, I think that we get a lot of people that want to do it but don't have the tools and don't want the tools. You know what I mean? Like don't want to do the groundwork, but want to have the, yeah. I'm an entrepreneur thing. I'm not sure if it's even like, don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you were to like, look somebody in the face and be like, it's going to take X, Y, and Z to get the thing that you want to get. Do you or do you not want to do those things? I don't think that many people are going to be like, nope. No, thank you. <laughs> no, like, I don't True. want to do any of that. But I think what happens is that, and, and this is where um, I sort of wanted to turn the conversation towards mentorship and like what other people might need. And maybe we can have like a, a online poll or something on the web page where we can get people's feedback on this but like that a lot of people especially people of color especially people of color interested in starting small businesses don't know where to start right they don't they don't even have a sense of like 
what that might entail. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if somebody says, well, you have to do X, Y, and Z to get this thing done, what may come off as a no, I'm not going to do that is actually like, well, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? You know what I mean? Or like, mm-hmm. can I just do it this way? Or can I just do it that way? Or do I really need to put this much effort in here or there? And it's, you know, this idea that like, <clears throat> if you weren't lucky enough to grow up with you know a mother like ours who not only was in business because I think a lot of you know people grew up with parents who were you know in business right Mm -hmm. but who also was um really good and deliberate at ensuring that we understood what she was doing and why she was doing it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um that we sort of got that kind of mentorship in a way that a lot of people can't even fathom, Mm -hmm. you know, just like a sense of like when and where you're supposed to do things and how you're supposed to address people and what your, you know, level of attention to detail should be. And so it's like, the difficulty that I've been having is like, well, what do you need from me to, to like understand what what I need from you as you know someone who I'm working with and that has been I think probably the most difficult part of trying to work with other people you know which we're gonna have to figure out how to do I mean part of this is like how do you bring people into the fold who have never consi- considered things like this before you know like for the you know, the the woman that I was talking about at the beginning in my story this is not anybody who's ever had um a lot of discussion you know high level discussions about business development or marketing or anything like that really you know before we started interacting about the Hughes company and I think it you know took some time for her to really figure out what those things were what they meant how to incorporate them into the things that she wanted to do and maybe we helped with that and maybe we didn't you know maybe like wanting to work with us just helped drive her to, to some degree but she's been able to be really successful in the past year you know mm-hmm. since we stopped working together and I see her work ethic changing and I see her sort of like level of comprehension of what needs to be done changing mm-hmm. and it's like well how do you get how do you get people there, right? And like, how do you interact with people initially who are not there? And I think that's like what I'm struggling with. Yeah, and I think, I mean, people people are gonna be at all different sorts of like levels. And we, you know, just pulling together Hughes Box every month and now every quarter, we encounter people that are you know, excelling at their business, every aspect of their business they have a handle on. Mm -hmm. And we have encountered people that have literally just started this thing and they are sort of feeling as they go and sort of trial by fire. And I guess maybe it's just who I've encountered thus far. I've had I've had some great interactions. I've had some interactions where people genuinely say, I want your help, I want your feedback, and they make changes accordingly or, mm-hmm. you know, they do more research or all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I've also encountered people that 
I could write out a 10 page list for them and a year later that stuff still isn't done because what they see on social media is all these great posts that are getting lots of likes and shares and photo shoots and packaging and logo you know like all of the sexy right. stuff all of the stuff right. that people really love to be able to like flex their creativity mm -hmm. and what gets missed is like well you can have the greatest logo in the world if you have one follower on social media right. that's not going to get it it's you know right. you can have the best lipsticks in the world right. but if you're not thinking strategically about the fact that there's five other companies that do the exact same lipstick right you know what i mean so right. i think oh sorry go ahead well, I was going to say, you know, as you were talking about this, it made me think about, like, well, who then knows about that stuff? Like, okay, I know about yeah. that stuff, but that's because I have a master's degree in PR and I worked in PR marketing firms, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's not most people. Um, you know about that stuff because you had your own business where you had to figure that out like what's going right. to entice people how does my logo fit into my overall sort of mission and vision for the company the messaging for the company all of those things mm -hmm. and i was thinking you know school right that's one if you're like a business or communications major you might learn those things in school but a lot of people in, you know, I, I think it's something like 60% of small business owners in the United States are white, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so you start to pass those things on. You know, like one of the one of my favorite shows on um, on the Food Network is Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Oh, that's why. a good one. Um, it's like you know, greasy stuff. It's always deliciously looking <laughs> greasy things um, that I'm probably never ever going to eat, but I'm like marking them down like, oh yes, when I'm in <laughs> Albuquerque, <laughs> New Mexico, I'm going to go to that place, even though I've Not never been never. to Albuquerque. <laughs> right. Um, but like, it's always these little small hole in the wall places that um, are mostly white owned, right? And have been passed down. Mm -hmm. from generation to generation. Up here in Collegeville, a lot of the local businesses are owned by, you know, white families that have been here for a hundred years. A lot of the only, um, like, pr pieces of land that have more than, you know, an acre around them, these little houses on these big, huge expanses of land, the, you know, the land and the houses have been long paid for. Families have been right. living on that property for... 100 years 200 years right and mm -hmm. that is the kind of thing that school like not you don't have to go to school for those things if you've been around it every day since you were young and that's what the mm -hmm. point about mom right is that she wasn't a small business owner i mean when she was younger she was but when we were young she wasn't really but she was just very deliberate about like taking us to work with her and letting us listen to her on phone calls and you know right. explaining to us what was happening at her work with her managers or you know why she's got to learn how to play golf because you know all the white men are doing business deals on the golf course and she's not there and she's got to you know um you know, things that we maybe shouldn't have been thinking about at 12 and 13 but were <laughs> I you need know, to learn how to play golf. We're not very well, good. <laughs> well, you know, I remember <laughs> when we were living in Long Beach and I realized that I needed money. I think I asked mom for some money for something. And she was like, mm, no. 
and I was right. And I was, you know, I was thirteen at the time, and I'm like, okay, I have to figure out how to make my own money. Right. And instead of just babysitting, which is what most other people did. I, you know, being the astute reader of the Babysitter's Club that I had been. Girl, if you don't sit down. Was like, <laughs> no, no Babysitter's Club. I'm going to get my girls a call. Ask mom. You don't remember this? I, I do remember. I remember. I remember. Got my little girlfriends. We made some flyers. You know, those flyers where you put your phone number and you got to pull it off the thing. And we pinned them up all at the um, wall bombs and stuff. Yes, wall bombs. <laughs> and we got jobs, right? And it was right. like. You know, mom's going around, my baby got a babysitting company. And I remember thinking that, like, why isn't everybody doing this? Like, clearly that's what you do. There's a whole string of books that tell you basically how to fucking do it. Why wouldn't anybody, you know what I mean? Like, I've always been that person. Um, But then when you start thinking about, like, all of the circumstances that lead you to being that person. And, like, I guess, you know, books. You know, that's something we had um, Mark Peterson Jr. on this um, podcast. You just said his whole ago. entire name. <laughs> well, I think that that's what you're supposed to call him in, in regular circumstances. I'm not going to call him by his cousin name. That's no, you don't, gotta, you don't got to say the whole thing, but that's <laughs> already out there now. So. Um, and, um, and, you know, he was talking about getting caught up in, in marketing and, you know, logo making because he was a philosophy major in college by reading. Yeah, just reading, just just getting a whole bunch of books and reading and and analyzing and questioning and thinking critically about the things that the author is saying and how that might apply to your own life. And I just feel like not everybody has that skill these days. I don't know. And maybe, you know, that's something that I always think because I kid you not, 99% of the stuff that we've done for Hughes Box and the Hughes Company, Jasmine and I have done on our own by you know i don't know if we've talked about this but (laughs) we have yet to take on investors or any outside funding at all and so a lot of times when we want to do something new we have to figure out how to do it ourselves but it's always like we'll have a conversation you know it'd be really cool yeah that would be really cool and then we sort of break ways and research and I mean anything from watching TV shows finding documentaries on Netflix YouTube Google you know books if there are some on it right just the things that we've been able to accomplish and podcasts yeah blogs podcasts social media but we're nerdy we're nerdy maybe that's not normal I don't know (laughs) well I'm not even nerdy because you are substantially more nerdy than I I I mean that in the best way (laughs) listen we gonna keep it real okay you were the little bookworm okay okay and I was not I mean despite the fact that I've gone far in school and now Mm -hmm. I'm a teacher which is the most ironic thing ever a college teacher which I was like the worst student ever but Mm I, you know, I was not, like, I don't consider myself, like, a nerdy person. Like, I will, I know black people hate to hear this, but I'm not a person that, like, reads books for fun. You do like, say that. I, I mean, <laughs> you if you've seen a like, case book, read. okay, yeah. you've carried a case book for three years, I'm not reading for fun. I don't, I have to read cases every single day. I'm not doing it. Anyway, so I don't even know what the, if it's about being nerdy, but it's about... I want to do something. I don't know how to do it. Let me find the resources that 
will teach me how to do it and then I can do it by myself. You know, and maybe that's more of us being very self-sufficient people. I don't know. I don't know. But I think that's these are all things that we want to sort of compile together. Um, and if you guys as listeners have any questions, any tips, any things that you've struggled with as an entrepreneur, we want to be able to be a good resource for people that didn't grow up the way that we did, that didn't have the role models, or really just don't, even if you want to research, you don't know where to start. You know, that's part of what the Hughes Company wants to be here for. Right. So that's how, that's where I was sort of leading the ending of this conversation is that um, maybe what I'll do is in the conversations in every hue, I will um, put up a post where people can comment about what you'd want to see. So one of the things that um, we're going to be starting um, and announcing in the next three months or so is um, a set of mentorship programs, webinars, mm -hmm. materials, um, offerings of, you know, one-on-one -on -one guidance, um, like uh, set up programs that we can put people through who have a clear idea of what they want. Um, I teach a class at the, the college um, where I'm a professor called Social Entrepreneurship and Social Change, where I specifically help students who have an, uh, a small business idea that is um, geared at some sort of you know social change and we spend 16 weeks getting them from idea to business plan and logo and um, you know pitch deck for potential investors and um, and all of that stuff and and so well, I want to make it available to other people because like I said yeah. you know where where do we get this information from and if we you know we can acknowledge as college professors that those environments or places of privilege that you know are providing information to a certain segment of the population and you know then they're also sort of siloing all of that information isolating that information within that same population which makes it difficult for anybody who's not in that population to succeed and i think one of the things that we have become more aware of as a part of the Hughes Company, is just like how many people are out here doing really dope shit and they just right. need some guidance, some help, some information about how to get their dope idea out to the masses. And so, you know, we want to be able to help people do that. So I'm going to put it up and maybe I'll put it on Twitter too. Yeah. Um, and Insta. Yeah. Should we do a hashtag? Like hashtag black mentors or something like that? Yeah. And, black um, business mentors. Oh, like yeah. That. Maybe black business mentors. We'll do that. And then you guys can tell us, like, what would you like to see? What kinds of things can we offer that um, that might be of interest to you to help you get your small business idea up and running if you're having difficulty? Yes. Okay. Love it. Okay. We'll do it. All right, should we move on to Hughes highlights? Um, we should. Do I have a Hughes highlight? I'm sure there's one out there, but I I do. Okay, you go first. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, ooh, let me do a quick um search because I just want to make sure that I know this woman's name before I say it wrong. 
Okay. Um, can I go while you're looking at yep, screen? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because I just sent this to Jasmine um, for reasons that we cannot disclose. However, <laughs> um, the Obamas, who we love and miss dearly, and we wish that they would come back and save us all from <sighs> going to hell in a handbasket, um, really live like y'all's life or whatever. Breakups that like. I mean, I guess I've never been in a breakup like this, but like one of those breakups <laughs> where like you are not the breakupper, you're the breakup and it just like came out of nowhere and right, you really just want your right, even though it didn't, <laughs> and you just want your life to go back to the way it was before you guys broke up and yeah, that's how it feels. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Sad. Um, so we want them back. Michelle and Barack, if you're listening, come back to us. It will be different this time. We promise Please, that we will we value will, you we will and value we won't cheat you. on you. No. And we'll do chores and we'll listen to you when you talk. We're sorry. We need this back together. Okay. So they have started a new production company. They're going to be um, working in conjunction with Netflix and uh it's called higher ground productions which i love yes which is super cute it just gave me like power to the people and it's, um, it's got to be a callback to their um well failed 2016 sort of support hillary campaign slogan which was when they go low Oh we yeah, high, right? yeah. I, I mean, don't I even think, think that she I'm meant that thinking. to be like a thing, but she's Michelle Obama, so it right. became a so thing. It's always a thing, right? Um, <laughs> so they're gonna be producing shows of all kinds: um, documentaries, docu series, scripted, um, unscripted, and what they're going to be doing. What they say is overseeing a diverse mix of content so for a number of reasons this is huge highlight worthy number one because we love them number two because this is a huge platform like netflix if you justin i remember when you first got a netflix subscription and it was literally like the dvds in the mail yeah and in the mail oh god yeah and that that wasn't even that long ago which is kind of scary that we're just aging much faster than we used to um but the idea of just like if you log on log into netflix right now there is probably equal or more of original Netflix content as there is things that were created outside of Netflix. So Netflix is really um, positioning themselves to kind of take over the entertainment television game, right? To a point where I think that some of these stations that have been longstanding like MTV, VH1 are gonna start to trickle off because Netflix is constantly adding new content and developing they're now sort of switching gears to developing shows and movies right so to have the obamas be working with netflix to open up this platform for lots of different diverse uh, modes and types of entertainment is amazing and it's going to be another platform where people of color can show what they have when you can't get in the door at MTV, maybe you can get in the door with Higher Ground Productions and Netflix. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to see what they do. I like that the press release that they put out 
talks about, um, you know, all these different medium, you know, uh, film mediums that they're going to be testing out. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just, I think that I trust their taste level. Yes. So I'm expecting, because, you know, you know, like you said that Netflix has just as much of their content as, like, other content. Mm -hmm. But some of their content, I mean, I watch... I watched some of it. That's mm-hmm. really good. 13 Reasons Why is really good. Um, the Ozarks is really good. Um, I like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, I haven't watched that. I like <gasps> F is for Family, that animated one. That's been really good. People like Big Mouth. I haven't watched that one. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they also have some trash. Like yeah. absolute straight just who greenlit this. Um, right. <laughs> not interested. And so for me, and this isn't necessarily how it used to be. I think when they first started streaming their own content, it was very high level. Mm-hmm. Um, for, but for me now, I'm sometimes kind of wary. And so it's the attachment of the Obamas right. that I'm really excited about. The other thing, just as a side note, I mean, I, I know that you can't know anybody's relationship, really, especially, you know, public figures like them. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. But the fact that, you know, these two people are still want to work together, create mm. together, you know, after they spent eight years living under what I can only imagine to be the most intense kind of stress. Yes you can ever live under and that they still seem to you know love each other again i don't know what their relationship is like when the doors close right but they still they're not divorced right there's never any stories about how none left or you know Mm. he was hooking up with somebody at Mm. somebody's club and you you know every time we hear from them it's just it's productive you know, it's always, this is something that we are going to be doing next. It's creative. It's, or giving back to the community in some way. And I just, I stand for them. I hope to be, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I have to, and maybe you have to do this too, Janae. I feel like I have to defend doing this company and, you know, being a, a tenure track college professor. You know, people are like, what are you doing? You know, like, isn't this enough? You know, why are you doing all this other stuff? And it's like, to me, I mean, I won't say that there's not going to be a moment where it's enough, but I know that I'm not there now because I see the things that they're doing and I'm like, yes, you know, like I want to be able to open a, a STEM science research center in, you know, black inner city areas for, Mm -hmm. you know, little black kids to learn STEM. I want to, you know, be able to open a production company and only focus on, um, you know, diverse content that I feel like we're not getting right now. I want to be able to give back in ways that don't um, depend on how much money I have that month, you know, that I like, I have so much surplus of everything that I need that I can spend the rest of my days giving back. Like that's really how I see my life. Right. And so when I see them out here like that, I'm just like, yes, give us the roadmap, Barack and Michelle, because we're ready. And we need, I think you spoke volumes to like just some of the trash that is available to us as visual entertainment, you know, and unfortunately a lot of what we have right now um 
gives off negative depictions of people of color, right? right. And sort of sacrifices um, telling the full story of anybody's people, you know, just giving that stereotype in the name of entertainment, in, in the name of that's what sells, which don't get me wrong, I will sit down and watch a trashy reality show. I will watch, you know, two black women fighting it out and cussing each other out, but it's about, it's about balance. And we don't really have a lot of that balance right now. There's not a lot of positive shows, even something like Braxton Family Values that was once a very positive show about sister, talented sisters and sort of showing that real life of them existing together has just, it becomes like negative, you know, everything becomes sort of negative. And so I don't, I don't see the Obamas allowing that to happen under their production company. Mm-hmm. You know, even something that is very entertaining, I think, is still going to be very um, uplifting and supportive of our community. Yeah, yeah. So they deserve it. They deserve yes. it. Okay, is it my turn? Yes. Okay. Um, my Hughes highlight this week goes out um, to... Uh, oh shit! I lost her name that fast. Um, her first name is Tanya, but I don't know what her last name is. What did she do? Um, she is the creator and owner of a company called My Fab Finance. I don't even know if I'd call it a company. I think it's like a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been covered by Business Insider, Essence, Forbes. Um, black enterprise um, and my fab finance is she's a black woman um, is a platform that is set up to help black people um, not not just black people but she's concentrating focusing on black people um, become debt free have more sort of a understanding of finances how to save so that we can you know get to where the white community is. I mean, to the conversation that we're having earlier about mentorship, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think the average white family has something like $10,000 in savings on Mm. average. And the average black family with the same level of education has zero dollars. And, you know, that ratio stays the same even as education levels go up right um and a lot of that has to do with like who who is there to teach you about money who has time to think about teaching about saving and interest rates and and you know all that sort of thing when so many of the people around you are living paycheck to paycheck and even those who don't you know have responsibilities to their family members that are because they're so few and far between and that's that's you know, 300 years of of slavery and oppression that, you know, leads to lower pay across the board. Um, You know, even at the levels where we teach. Right. Black professors earn significantly less than their white counterparts, even when they both have PhDs, even when they both have, you know, the same number of publications and years of teaching and all of that. And so, you know, just as we're trying to encourage entrepreneurship, I love um, that, you know, this woman is, she's trying to um, help people get their financial life in order. Um, Mm -hmm. She's a domestic violence survivor. Mm. Um, 
she is she was called the new face of wealth building by black enterprise magazine um and what the specific reason that i'm shouting her out is that i follow her on twitter at my fab finance and she always is not just giving like financial advice on Twitter, but like talking about her own life. And she talks about like the reason that she created this company was because she was depressed and ashamed about, you know, her financial situation and she wanted to get herself out of it. And so, you know, she wanted to help other people get themselves out of it. So anyway, um, a couple of weeks ago, I guess, um, she was in the process of, of buying a house. Um, and, She was looking at a house with her realtor and she said that, you know, whenever she gets new pieces of advice, she likes to pass them on. And this piece of advice that she got from the realtor was that the biggest mistake most first time home buyers make is that they buy a house for themselves as opposed to a house to be an income property. Mm. And as somebody who is, you know, thinking about, purchasing something in the next couple of years. I really valued that little piece of information because it was like, yes, you can always, you know, buy something for yourself. Right. For you to live in. But why not instead buy something where you can rent it out for more than the mortgages or pay, you know, pay for something in cash and then rent it out and you're just getting the money back rather than you know paying for something that you're probably we just don't live in a culture anymore where you stay in the same house for 30 years right whereas most mortgages are 30 years right so um it's not really you know unless you're in a city where you're paying a significant amount of money for rent that it's going to be all that much different your mortgage to your rent right and if you're not keeping the house until you own it outright then for the most of the time, you're probably going to be a little bit upside down at it anyway, which means that you don't have any value in it. So anyway, um, I really appreciated that piece of advice. I think that she's a great follow on Twitter. Um, I love what she's doing. There's another um, black woman whose name I do not know, but her um, social media handles are um, the Budget budget Nista. Oh, yeah, I follow her. Budget Nista. Yep, she's Um, good who does sort of similar things so i want to shout her out as well too but i just love i mean similar to what we were just talking about with michelle and barack and i guess that's like the theme of this episode right i love um companies and organizations whose um approach is reaching back into the community right and um, and we need that so much you know hopefully hopefully (laughs) hopefully we are past that era i mean there's a lot if you think about the past two decades it was kind of like well child made it i don't know what to tell you i'm i'm in here you know i'm good and now we're sort of seeing um people sort of turn a corner at our level at hughes box budget nista all of these people but also at the higher levels where um and we don't have to get into motives, but we are seeing more celebrities say, okay, I am going to reach back and not just donate, not just write a check, but create systems that are designed to help people of color 
lift up. You know what I mean? Scholarships instead of just writing a check or, you know, building things in other countries. They're starting schools. They're starting college funds, scholarships, all of that kind of stuff to really as a collective, like we need to be lifting up together as a collective. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Are we ready for tips? I feel like we've we put like tips and story time sort of together in we one, did. so yeah. uh, we have to come up with a better name for it. But for right now, okay. we're gonna call it uh, your tip stories. Okay. <laughs> um. So I'm just gonna talk about my little skin situation. Um. Okay. <laughs> Before I go into this, I am not a licensed doctor, dermatologist, <laughs> esthetician cosmetologist or anything else that people go to school for and have to take a test i'm not that so i'm going to give you my experience but i cannot be held legally responsible for what you do to yourself okay now that we have that out of the way disclaimer gotta give my disclaimers okay so i um have probably for like three years been doing um chemical peels on my face really you've been doing them consistently for like three years i didn't know not consistently i'm gonna tell you why i can't do them consistently um okay so i do them at home i'll give you all the details about the products that i use and everything um here's why i do them so i have a really bad habit of like picking my face it's almost like meth head level where I don't even know that I'm doing it sometimes. Don't and people will be head. like, you know, meth people like pick I their know, face but I don't head. think that that's. I'm not you... on meth discussion. But... <laughs> right, I just want you to <laughs> clarify because I just. Oh, did it come out like I'm on meth? I'm not it did. on meth. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Anyway, <laughs> but I just, I have this habit. It's like a nervous, not even a nervous habit for me, but even like if I'm watching TV, I'll just be like picking my face and then somebody will be like, your face is bleeding. I also have a really high pain tolerance. So like things don't hurt. Like remember the Super Bowl where I, I was bleeding, my foot was like gushing blood oh, yeah. and I didn't, I couldn't even feel it. I thought the dog peed on the floor and that's why it was wet. So because I have this really bad habit and this pain tolerance that I don't I can't feel when I'm doing it I have lots of scarring on my face so the chemical peel if you don't know it basically it's gonna sound really graphic burns off the top layer of your Mm. skin to (laughs) I know that That sounds graphic intense (laughs) Um, and then there's the new fresher skin underneath Um, It's not like an everyday thing. Um, I think that it's recommended that you only do it like every eight weeks, if that. That's if you want to be like consistent about it. Um, I, so over the past three years, I've probably done it like five times because it is like a process. So you put the... Okay, I'll do step by step in a minute. But it's a process in that it's using chemicals to burn the top layer of your skin. So you look burnt for like five days. So I'm only ever able to do it when I um, have an extended period of time where I don't need to be at work. 
or seeing anybody really. Mm -hmm. So I just started summer break. So that's why I did it now because we've got stuff going on for the rest of the summer and I'm not going to be able to walk around looking like I do now. Okay, here are the steps. Um, So you get your peel. I ordered mine on Amazon. I've used the same um, vendor and I'll try to, maybe we can post it on the website um, because it's not one of the brands that like has a name. It's very suspect when it comes in the mail. It's like in a vial with like a small sticker on it that says um, how much percentage it is in TCA. And that's like it. Um, So take that, you clean your face, um, wash it like you normally would, and then rub it down with alcohol to get any additional like dirt off of your face or makeup or anything left over. Um, And then you take a Now, there are varying opinions on this. I use it directly from the bottle to a sponge Mm -hmm. to my face. Some people will buy like 100% TCA and then they'll dilute it in a bowl with water and put that solution on their face. But I, the latest one I did just a few days ago was 50% and I didn't dilute it at all. Okay. Does it hurt? Wait, I'm confused. Uh, Yes. Okay. Okay. So... (laughs) So you put it on um, and you want to put it on evenly across your face. You avoid the like very soft, sensitive pieces of your skin, Uh, meaning like you don't do it around your eyes. That skin is too, I don't know, what do you call that skin? You know, it's like really softer than the rest of your face. Um, Yeah. So don't do it around your eyes. Um, Don't do it on your eyebrows. Some people don't do it on their nose, I do. And then um, right up to your hairline. I don't put it anywhere where there's like hair, so I don't put it all the way up to my baby hairs. Um, Okay, then you have to wait. So this last one, so I went from, I started with 20% like three years ago, then I moved up to 30%, and then this latest one was 50%. I told Mm -hmm. you guys I have a crazy high pain tolerance. And all the YouTube videos that I watch are like, this is gonna burn, it's gonna hurt so bad. And it never did. It just never did. This time, it burned, like from the second that I put it on, it was burning. I was like walking around the house, <laughs> fanning my face, it's just trying to, to like. It's supposed to feel like that? Yes, it's supposed to feel mm. like that. Okay, so as it's burning, your skin is going to start to turn white. That's Mm-mm. called frosting. I don't think. Okay. Doesn't I know because you? <laughs> I'm a listener. I'm listening. Okay. It reminded me. I was thinking of you because it reminded me of the first time that mom relaxed your hair, and that was the oh, funniest what? thing I've ever seen in my life because you're that's so it, dramatic. Like, what? I can't. I can't just be on something. It's burning. No. No, ma'am. That's why I had the big chop because I can't. I can't. No. Jasmine would cause a whole scene if she was doing this. Okay. So once it frosted, frosts. Your face is going to turn like white. It kind of looks like your face is just really ashy. Um, And that's when you can take it off. Now, I have done it at points, especially with the 25% where I'm like, I'm not frosting. It's not burning. What do I do? And I've had times where I've left it on longer and eventually it does. And I've had times where I'm like, I don't want to chance it. Because if you leave it on too long, then you're going to end up having like permanent 
damage to your skin. Um, and so I wiped it off, but then I'm mad at myself because I didn't leave it on long enough. It didn't do anything. And now I can't really do it for another few months. So after it starts frosting and it's going to be burning this whole time, then you have to get it off of your face. So I use um, baking soda and hot water in a bowl and then like a very soft washcloth. And so you want to just take take your time wiping off all the areas dipping it in the baking soda solution because the baking soda is going to neutralize the acid okay mm -hmm. so it's still gonna burn a little bit but you just keep doing that until the burning subsides and you feel like you've gotten all of the chemicals i usually am washing my face off for like a good seven minutes afterwards because i don't want to Especially with my t pain seven, tolerance, like seven S E V E N. Yes. Lord, be wiping okay. it off because okay. I don't want to. You know, there's not really a good way to tell if it's all off because it's not. You know, it's not like a relaxer where you use the shampoo and it tells you the color to be like, nope, there's still some in here. Um, you know what I mean? It changes mm -hmm. colors. Yeah. There's not anything like that. So I. I'm just more careful because I don't want to fall asleep with acid still on my face and then I don't have a face when I wake up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So wipe it all off and then you use a moisturizer. So there's lots of different companies sell specific moisturizer. I usually use um, just like a, a bland, like I have a Pond's um, facial cream very bland neutral smelling you know no sense no victoria's secret lotion or anything like that this mm -hmm. time i've been using the turmeric balm which i really like oh um, yeah i had to make my own of that we could talk oh, about yeah. that later. oh yeah oh <laughs> yeah so i really i when did i do this friday i did it i'm almost done peeling and I can already tell the difference. It just, all of those surface level scars that I have accumulated throughout the year are gone. Okay. And then for the next like two weeks, probably I will wash my face like four times a day whenever I think about it, just using black soap, African black soap, and then um, my turmeric balm moisturizer. So this is not something that is for the faint of heart, but I'm very, I don't know, I'm very, like, beauty um, adventurous. Mm -hmm. I'm not adventurous in any other way in my life, but <laughs> if there's, like, a beauty treatment, you know, like, I just like to try stuff to see if it works. So Me this too. is one thing that not I... Not chemical peels. Yeah, because you don't have the, you don't have the heart for it. <laughs> um, it's one thing, I, I really like it because it's something that I can, like, see a difference in especially because i have heavy scarring on my face if you have really sensitive skin or you are not somebody that scars easily then i probably would not do it if you do want to try it i suggest that you research it very 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 thoroughly um you can do like a test patch before you put it on your whole face just to see what your reaction is going to be to it because i have seen people on youtube that have had really terrible reactions um and then you just want to time it so like I forgot to go grocery shopping before I did it so I had to go out and get something to eat on Saturday and the drive-thru <laughs> I'm pretty sure actually that the drive-thru guy that took my card 
mm-hmm. went and got somebody from the back because when the window opened back up to get my car back, there was like two people standing there looking at me. So huh? I know he was like, come over to this window, look at this girl face. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks real, it looks like, it looks like, have you ever seen, like, those domestic violence victims that, like, their oh, boyfriend, like, threw bleach on them or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's what your face looks like until it starts peeling. I just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, do you? I just, you know, I'm the person that you just said. One, I have a low, low pain tolerance, yes, especially for pains like burning. Anything that has a burning on it, I'm <laughs> liable to scream because I don't want to burn. I don't like the feeling. I've never had a UTI or a yeast infection or any of that type of burning type of sensations because I am afraid of them. So I stay clean. <laughs> okay. Um, I also have really, 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 really sensitive skin. I don't know if I told the story about um, how last year I was using. Was that last year? Yeah, I was using. Um, well, I guess I won't put their name on blast. Well, probably. Oh, they burnt the fuck out of me. No, I was using a uh, Clinique. Clinique. Oh yeah, you can say that. Burnt the fuck out of my skin. Um, I it probably you guys. It probably didn't even burn her skin all like that. But whenever Jasmine says a statement like that, you need to divide it by like um, fifty, no. and that's you what actually happened. You don't remember happened. where I had those like <laughs> light spots around my mouth? Oh yeah, was, when like, you were freaking out in California. Color. Yes. <laughs> no, when I say burning, like it wasn't just like burning my skin. It wasn't even really like the sensation of burning until it was already really bad. That was the problem. Is that I didn't realize that that's what it was. It was that it literally started to discolor my face. She you know, thought she like had vitiligo, yeah. Right. I thought I had, I for real thought I had vitiligo. She was like walking around. She was almost crying. Like, I, not, I can't no. wait. Like, we just need to capture your dramatics <laughs> on TV. Anyway, uh, if you have sensitive skin like that, chemical peels are probably not the way to go. And you know what happens to me? Because this actually just happened to me this week and I thought about you. I have this pimple in the middle of my forehead that I like <laughs> popped and like sort of, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't like pick at it where I picked the top off of it. I waited till it was ready. I popped all the yucky stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. And then it was like there, you know, and it was dark. It turned into a scar. Mm-hmm. And then the other day I just lifted the, the dark, Scar tissue skin right off the top of it. Is that weird? That always happens to me. Does that make no, sense? No, that's what I do. Yeah. Like you and just then it's peel gone. Away. Yeah, except mine don't go. The scar stays oh. and the crusty oh. stuff comes off. This is really gross. But, oh. Yeah. No, but it's not crusty. It's like the skin. It's just like the darker, like the skin dries up around the scar. Oh. the dark skin. And it like starts to lift off. Like it's just like a thin layer where then I can like pull it off. Hmm. And then it's like it never happened. Mm, I wish. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a blessing. Um. Okay. Is it my turn? Yeah. This is actually weird that this was your thing because I'm also gonna talk about skin burning, but in a totally different <laughs> manner. Okay. So uh, my partner and I, we were just in the Dominican Republic for my friend Pedro's birthday. If you listen to this, not out, his Pedro. birthday. Oh wait, girl. not his birthday. His wedding. <laughs> Ooh. I'm sorry. My birthday. <laughs> 
my birthday, his wedding, his wedding, my birthday. Okay. Same thing. Um, <laughs> and so we're in the Dominican Republic, which is, you know, closer to the equator. There's more sun. Um, I'm sure I've talked on here before about how uh, Michael, like many black people out here, likes to proliferate the lie that black people do not sunburn, which um, means that they in turn don't need sunscreen. And I would just like to say, first of all, that is not true. Um, Biologists, medical doctors, all kinds of people have said it's not true. The, The way that your skin burns when it is um, exposed unobstructed to the sun's rays is dependent on how much melanin you have in your skin, yes. So if you're really fair skinned, then you're likely to just burn all to hell Mm. and it hurts and you get blisters and everything, but there are degrees. Um, We wore sunscreen. 30 SPF, if I remember correctly. Um, And we still both got sunburned on our shoulders. Now, I wanted to talk about this for a couple of reasons. Because we have more melanin, and and Michael and I are both, I don't know, mocha colored. Is that the color I gave myself at the launch? Some (laughs) kind of mocha. (laughs) Some kind of mocha something. Um, Right, we're not light-skinned people. We're, We're fairly brown we're not what i would consider to be really dark skinned um but so we're wearing spf 30 we both around our neck and shoulders area which after doing some reading that i probably should have done before we left is the spot that's most often missed Mm. um when you put sunscreen on because it means rubbing it down the sides of your neck and over your shoulders like that's literally the places where we burned right Um, And we both burned kind of differently. So Michael didn't have any pain or anything, um, but a couple of days ago, so it's now been um, two weeks, so maybe like seven days after we got back, his skin started to peel. So it had been burned, it dried up, and then it started to peel off in those places and like expose new skin, which was a little sensitive, but not Mm -hmm. a lot of problems. I, on the other hand, in the same place, have had, like, burning. Again, Janae's about to say that I'm exaggerating. I wasn't going to say nothing because I already gave them the golden rule. And and soreness. um, I had to get, we already had, because Michael got sunburned last summer, not wearing sunscreen at the Jersey Shore. Um, we had you guys some. went to the Jersey Shore? We did. We had this Jersey Shore, bitch. And you can't even drink. Anyway, we'll talk about that at another time. You, you can't pay. You got to pay to get on the beach. You can't even drink. Really? I mean, we did, but the people around us were like, you got to be careful because the police are going to come back around. Like, literally, police were in those little Zoom Because Snooki done shut them down. Right. That's why. Right. <laughs> Right. Um, but anyway, so I had the little aloe stuff. That's the only thing that makes it feel better. And it hurts to put it on even. Um, and and that's because it's a different degree kind of burn than the types of sunburn I think that we as black people especially think about when we think about sunburn, which is like on white people. So um, one thing I learned was that SPS 30 is probably not enough even for anybody. 
Um, why do they make it then? Right. Well, why do they make 15, 5, 10? That's just for people trying to pretend like they care about their skin's health, but actually (laughs) trying to get the Exactly. (laughs) So um, you should always be using SPF 40 or higher. Make sure to get all the non um, conspicuous areas. So like, it's not likely that you're going to get burned on your arms or your legs. Um, you know, or your chest, because that's where you're putting most of the lotion. Mm -hmm. But make sure that you're getting your back, your neck, your ears, the back of your neck, uh, you know, the backs of your ankles and things like that. Because we can get skin cancer just like everybody else. And, you know, having this burn made me realize, and, and, you know, maybe I'm more susceptible to burns now than I'm 35 and, Mm. you know, getting up there and whatnot. (laughs) But... You can burn, and it hurts. I'm like, this is why they be screaming all the time, because this hurts. It hurts. I mean, it's your skin. It's your skin. Like, it's burning. (laughs) It feels hot to the touch. It's been cold and rainy here for a week, but my skin, only in this area, feels hot to the touch because Mm. it still has all of those UV rays in it. Right. Um, so just something that's like a story time and a tip. Summer's coming. Brown people, get your SPF. SPF. I don't know why I feel like I'm saying that as one letter and not three letters. Um, I mean, it's like elemental P. It is one. Right. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, get, get you a SPF 40 or above. Protect your skin out here in the summer. We can still have our skin out. You know, I love to have my skin out in the summertime. Soak up this vitamin D, but let's do it safely so that we don't wrinkle up and look like old milk. Mm, spoil. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. Amen. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Do we yeah. have anything else to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, we do, but we're going to hold on to some things for later. We're going to hold on for some things. Um, I guess we will announce, because by the time you guys see this, this announcement will already have gone out, um, that we are transitioning Hughes Box from um, small sample size monthly boxes to full size um, quarterly boxes that are also yeah. going to have um, Hughes Magazine as a part of it. It's going to be some VIP swag from our celebrity gifting experiences. We've got a lot of um, stuff happening. So check us out. Um, if you used to be a Hughes Box subscriber and you're interested in Hughes Box quarterly, it comes four times a year in, ooh, let me see if I can get this, August, November, February, and June. Um, I think that's right. Yep, 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 yep. Um, $25 a month. All of the info is on our newly rebranded website, thanks to the fabulous Janae Marie. Oh, that's me? Mm-hmm. I see you, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that's it. Come check us out. We yeah. are new and improved. And there's lots of new stuff that's going to be popping up in the next few months, so stay tuned. We're really excited about it. And we think you'll be excited about it, too. We're going to try to get these out to you every two weeks, at least over the summer. So we'll talk to you again soon, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.